We sang that song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper. Sometimes we forget actually what God has done in our midst. And the prayers that he has answered and the miracles that have come forth. And uh, yesterday was Zoe's uh, first birthday party. And there was, if ever there's a miracle, that was a miracle. That was uh, Zoe flatlined on numerous occasions, but uh, came back to life. And then we think of uh, the Hotchkiss twin, Laura. She also nearly didn't make it. And it's the prayers and the, and the faithfulness of our miracle-working God, our way maker, our promise keeper. We also remember Duncan, many years ago, had a, a faulty heart and they, they weren't sure whether he would survive that. But with the doctors and the grace of God and the prayers, he came, he's now running around, he's a hybrid boy and you have to be quite tough to be a hybrid boy. He runs around and plays all the, all the sports, so God, is, God healed him. And I just think of our own son, Anthony, whose umbilical cord was attached to the placenta. And there should have been a great chance where he would have, should have been miscarried anywhere, right even up until the birth. It, was, it wasn't attached to the placenta, sorry, it was attached to the membrane. And so there's miracles happening amongst us, and sometimes we forget it. And this week, weekend on Sunday, Milan and I watched a video about... Uh, it's called Sheep Among the Wolves, Volume 2. And if you have YouTube, you have to watch it. It's just a phenomenal video. And it's, uh, if I asked you, some people might know because I've been talking a bit about it in the week. If I asked you where was the fastest growing church in the world, where would you say? I probably would have said China, but they say, from this, this video, they say it's in Iran. That's where the church is growing the fastest. And uh, it's an hour and 53 minutes, but the best hour and 53 minutes you'll ever spend watching this video. And uh, just a couple of points I just want to take out from it. And the, the scripture on the newsletter is the, is the one that they love not their lives even until death. And so to stand up and say you're a believer in Iran is a, is a big thing. It's not just a casual thing, because when you go out in the day, you might never come back. And yet, in the video it says, what if I told you that mosques are empty inside? What if I told you that no one follows in Islam inside of Iran? What, would you believe me? This is exactly what is happening in Iran. God is moving powerfully. Many of the ruling class still follow Islam because that's where the high-paying job, jobs are. But the people are turning to Jesus. And it's a discipleship movement. It's a small group movement. There's no bank accounts. There's no big churches. There's just the one-on-one discipleship happening. And disciples are being made and changed. One thing powerful with the discipleship, this discipleship movement in uh, Iran is it's an, uh, it's an obedient-based Movement, obedience to the scripture. So they read the scripture. They ask the question about uh, what does it say about God? What does it say about me? And then the crucial crux of it, they say, how am I going to put it into practice? 
and they are obedient and they put it into practice week in and week out. And so that was really challenging to me as I thought as the stuff, I'm a preacher and I get up and, and talk and, and say, and say stuff. So what we hear on the, on the TVs, we hear death to Israel, death to America. That's what comes out of Iran. But under, underneath, there is a movement of people turning to Jesus and the aspect of church that they, that which, which surprised me is they are proclaiming the Lord, who he is and what he has come to do and what he will do when he returns. And Israel is at the center. The Iranian church is praying for Israel. And so, what a beautiful story. So you, you've got to listen to the video. If you've got YouTube, go and listen to it. If you haven't got YouTube, find a friend who has YouTube and say, let's listen to this. If you've got an unbeliever friend who hasn't, maybe go and speak to them and say, I need to watch this video. Why don't you watch it with me? It's about Iran. And maybe the final line of, uh, I mean, this is a, just a little summary of, <clears throat> of what happened. He's talking about the Iranian church and he says, uh, oh, the strength of the Iranian churches, when we walk outside, we really don't care if we get arrested. We are not upset if we get arrested. What is 50 years in prison compared to eternity with Jesus? So I actually had to wonder whether I was even born again or, or saved when I, when I look at uh, my own life. And here they prepared to, to lay down our lives. And that's what we call to. We call to lay down our lives. I know it's in different contexts, but uh, we as the, the Western church need to wake up. We need to wake up and we need to walk with Jesus. We need to be obedient to the scriptures. And we will start seeing lives changed, our lives changed. We'll see changed lives at work wherever we go. Wow, what a morning so far. I'm going to just do one other little thing. I don't know whether you remember last week, uh, Bobby shared a story, a testimony of his uh, anger and bitterness and needing to forgive that person uh, that ripped him off. And then we went to the table and uh, we went to, and we looked at the table being the place where forgiveness is. If you need forgiveness, you come to the cross. You come to the, to the cross of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, we find forgiveness. And when we find forgiveness, we can forgive. Yeah. And so uh, just a little clip. Uh, Brett Nixon James from Vineyard in, in Morningside shared with his church. And uh, this thing of forgiveness and not taking offense is something which we probably all struggle with to a certain extent. And so he played it for his church, and he said it was just wonderful. And it starts off uh, with the death of Saul. And it's an it's a 11-minute video, so I'm not going to keep you long. But uh, just let's, in the context of the word being spoken to us, How are we going to walk it out? Are we going to be obedient to the word of God in our lives? Are we going to be obedient as we've, as we've already heard the word and, and whatever the word the Lord has said to you today and there'll be sometimes just one thing will stick in your, in your mind. Go with that 
and be obedient to that. Because I know as we're obedient to the, to the word, we'll get more revelation and, and we'll get more joy and we'll get more life. So let's uh, listen to Mark Gungor. I don't know whether any of you guys know him, but he did a, a thing called Laugh Your Way to a Better Heaven. And he's a pastor, a better marriage, or mar- marriage is heaven. So that's... Uh, <laughs> On form today. (laughs) Okay, let's listen to this one. (laughs) Kill me. So the guy says I stood beside him and killed him. Because I knew that after he'd fallen, you know, run himself with a sword, he couldn't survive. Then I took the crown that was on his head and the band on his arm. I brought them here to, to you, my lord. And then David and all his men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. And they mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son Jonathan and for the army of the Lord and for the nation of Israel because they had fallen by the sword. They wept. And then David turns around. He said, you killed Saul? He said, yep. Then David said, kill this guy. And they cut him down right where he stood. How dare you? How dare you lay a hand against him? Oh, man, how do you get like that? He so loved the guy despite everything he was doing to him. That when he died, he was grief-stricken and killed the guy who killed him. Now, I got to tell you, if I'm running for my life from some dude who is trying to kill me, and they come and say, he's dead, he's dead, I wouldn't cry. I'd say, ding dong, the witch is dead! I like to dance like Ed Grimley. You remember that, that cartoon? <laughs> but not him! He weeps. Apparently, I'm not as nice as David. (laughs) How do you get there? There are people who take offense at everything. Every little thing that is said to you, every little slight that comes your way, you take and you're wounded. Then you have to struggle. Oh, God, help me to forgive that guy. Pastor, it's so hard for me to forgive. Okay, good. How about you not get upset in the first place? Don't walk around with a chip on your shoulder. Don't walk around just stab me. I just dare you to stab me. And then you're like, ah, if you have sported me. Good grief. There's people. I just got an email from a guy this week explaining why I left the church. Because in the foyer, I said something to him that apparently was insensitive. Clearly, he had never talked to me before. I don't know. I'm goofing around half the time. I get 18 million things in my head. If you come up to me and I'm not the most sensitive, literally, if you're a sensitive person, don't talk to me. <laughs> well, seriously, talk to Joe. Talk to Bob. They're nice people. You talk to me, that's like you're just asking for trouble. Why? Because I'm not the most sensitive guy in the world. I don't have time to absorb your troubles. 
Not that I don't like you, it's just I have the attention span of a fly. <laughs> Forty words into your thing, I'm thinking about what's on TV. I just, I'm still looking at you, but I'm not focusing anymore. It's bad. I'm a terrible listener. So he's so mad they leave the church. Really? I should be able to take a sword. If you were like this, I should be able to take a javelin and throw it at you and try and kill you. Any response? I'll see you next week, Pastor. <laughs> right? I should get a little posse together, run around, chase and try to beat the snot out of you and say, praise the Lord, Pastor, see you next week. <laughs> well, somebody down in the children's apartment said my kid was a poopy head. Well, maybe your kid is a poopy head. I don't know. You're so wounded by that. You're so wounded. Because someone somewhere in the church said something to you and did something to you. And you're, ah, stop! Paul writes these words. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And this one, it keeps no record of wrongs. Some of y'all, every little thing that happens to you, you write it down. This happened to me on this day and it was 23 degrees outside and the wind was out of the northeast at 12 miles an hour and I remember everything about that day. Really? No wonder you're so rotting up inside with anger and bitterness for the love of heaven. Let it go! Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back. Sunday. You have no idea what you're going to miss. Proverbs 17, 9 says this, whoever would foster love covers an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. You can always tell people that are carrying wounds, they repeat it over and over again. You know what that guy did to me. You know what I said. And you tell it again. You find yourself telling the same thing over and over again to someone. You are in a bad place. Shut up. Stop it. Constantly reliving it. They did that. You're poisoning other people. And you other people. I don't understand it. It's amazing. There are a handful of people in the church who have been literally offended for whatever reason. That I understand. What I don't understand is the 102 people they drag with them. You get upset because of what somebody else said. Pastor, sound as a booby head. And you're mad about that? How about you talk to the pastor and see if I really said he was a booby head? Because if I did, I'll tell you. But at least find out. Goodness gracious, taking wounds and offenses and upset and oh, 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 oh. Every little wound. What? What do you got to do to get to a place of a guy like David that so loved and respected the people around him? Someone should be able to insult you and think, ah, oh, yeah, he didn't mean it. Someone should be able to ignore you and say, oh, yeah, he probably didn't see me. Someone should be able to just snap at you some, and you go, ah, oh, he's probably just having a bad day. You know what that, that's called love. 
These are people, they walk free. Nothing bugs them. They don't get mad at people. They don't walk around with wounds and things. And they don't have problems forgiving people because to them, there's nothing to forgive. That's the way you should do this. We believe in the forgiveness of sins. You really walk in this, you don't have to forgive anybody. Because you don't write down any of their wrongs. Somebody rips you off, that's the end of it. Somebody ticks you off, that's the end of it. Someone bites your head off, that's the end of it. You know, they don't carry this stuff with you and repeat it over and over and over again. Stop. Proverbs 19.11, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Do you overlook offenses? Or do you write them down? Do you take a note? Do you take out your camera? Do you take a picture of the offense? You save it. Put it on your Facebook. Look, I was offended. I present, second president. By the way, Facebook, of all the irritating things in the world. I got a Facebook. We're on live Facebook right now. The people who come on my Facebook and get offended by something I say. Well, you big baby. You don't like something I say. Push the button. Unfollow. That's all you got to do, right? Unfollow. But no, they feel obligated to confront you and insult you. And then they get mad when I push. Delete. And I ban them. Then they come back on as another name. They do. I just had this happen this morning. This pinheaded lady. I hope you're listening. No, I do. And I don't even have to forgive her because I don't care. I just delete you. That's all. And she says, I think it's so insulting that you ban and delete people. I just went, delete. You know, my Facebook is not a right in the Constitution. It's a privilege. You come into my house and insult me, I show you the door. <laughs> but I'm not going to walk out wounded by that. And where's the respect? Look how much David respected Saul. There's no respect for the ministry anymore. There's not. These pinheads who get on, they'll come after me, a pastor. And you may not, first of all, I'm not even your pastor. Stick it. <laughs> this Who does? there's all kinds of pastors I listen to and I think they're just crazy I don't get on there thing. you know you're a terrible man of God let me show you the scripture straight only a pure arrogant pinhead would write another pastor to rebuke him and straight no respect this kind of respect that David had for Saul man that's virtually non-existent today pastors have to struggle in most churches they get all kinds of politics and they get all and they vote them out of office the good news is you can't vote me out We don't play that game here. Besides, I'd quit before you ever voted me out, man. I, I got other things I could be doing. Goodness gracious. Quit taking offense to everything. We believe in the forgiveness of sins, and we should believe it to the point that we don't really have to forgive anybody. Because we don't take offense. Someone said nasty something, you just you blow it off. Just blow it off. And if you hear from someone else that someone did, blow off their thing that they didn't blow off. And tell them you need to blow it off. Don't let somebody else get you so mad because you heard something third hand. I don't understand third hand offenses. I don't understand it. 
These are people who are looking for offense. They're just looking for a reason to get ticked off. And they're trying to find there's got to be a reason in here somewhere. I know there's got to be a reason down in there. I know there's something in there. There's got to be in there. All you got to do is hear someone else who heard something that their cousin heard from a brother that was related to a sister of hers next to a cousin who lived across the street from a guy who was offended. And now they're all upset. Stop. Let it go. Let it go. That's just so fun, eh? But it's very pertinent and very serious at the same time. I just want to quote uh, the proverb that he wrote. Proverbs 19, verse 11. A wise person demonstrates patience, for mercy means holding your, holding your tongue. When you are insulted, be quick to forgive and forget it. For when you are virtuous, you overlook an offense. So we are called not to keep records of wrongs. We are called to overlook offenses. And we, are, we can only do that, why? Because we are dead in Christ. When Christ died, I died. I no longer live. So when somebody says something to me, how am I going to respond? When I feel somebody attacks me, somebody, uh, or somebody attacks you, how are you going to respond? You're going to let it just flow off your back. Be like water off, what's it? Water off a duck's back. Just, just flows off. Duck off a water's back. <laughs> we just, we're not going to let it, we're not going to take it offense and, and stew in it. We're going to forgive and let go. So let's close. Let's close in prayer. Let's just stand. Lord, help us to be obedient to the word. That we would keep no record of wrongs. That we would cover offense. That we would be a 1 Corinthians 13 people who love each other. Who go the extra mile for each other. Who are patient, who are kind. And so Lord, we know that we're in a battle zone and, and the fight is fierce and People will say things against us and will malign us. And, but we thank you that we can forgive because we are a forgiven people. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for today. We want to be. We want to be Jesus to the world. Amen. If anybody wants prayer any, any, for anything, any healing, please... Come forward, but otherwise there is tea and coffee.